Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word comes to us this day from the Gospel of John chapter 14 verses 1 to 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, and the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. What's worrying you this morning? What's troubling you? What's weighing on your minds? I woke up in the middle of the night a couple days ago because I was thinking of everything that I have to get done before the end of the school year. And for me, that means it has to be done this week. There's lots of things in this life that worry us and, and trouble our hearts. But Jesus reminds us in our text that he came to give us peace. He is the king of peace. And the angels proclaimed on Christmas morning, peace on earth, right? The peace that Jesus came to, to bring us is for sure the peace of the forgiveness of sins, the peace with the Father, the peace that we are forgiven before God. It's certainly that peace. But he also came to give us peace even on this earth. Peace that comes not from a life that is free from trouble, but peace that comes because even in trouble, we know the power and the promises of God, that he is with us. John 16.33 reminds us, In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And Jesus reminds us in our text, let not your hearts be troubled. Instead, trust, believe in me. We have seen throughout Epiphany and Lent and Easter, we have seen the power of God manifested in the walking on water, in the raising of the dead, in the healing of the lepers, especially on Easter morning when he himself came back rose from the dead. And we have heard his promises, especially last week when we heard his promise that he is our good shepherd. 
as we heard in the children's sermon, these two things combine to do something really wonderful for us. An explosion of God's grace which gives us peace in all circumstances in this life. What do you think might have been weighing on the hearts of the disciples? What might have been troubling them that Jesus begins this chapter, let not your hearts be troubled? When we look back in chapter 13 and look ahead to what is coming in the Gospel of John, we realize there are many things that could easily have been weighing on the hearts of the disciples. One of them, no doubt, was the fact that Jesus had just told them, one of you will betray me. The, re the disciples' reaction uh, to those words from Jesus shows that they were a little worried. They all protested, not me, not me. But such protestations often reveal an insecurity underneath. That they may have been afraid that it might be them. The fear of failure. The fear of, the fear of not being enough. The fear that we won't fit in. The fear that we might fail as a spouse or as a parent is certainly a great source of anxiety and worry often in our life. And we have good reason to fear failure, don't we? Especially when it comes to God's kingdom. Jesus tells the parable of the, the three men that are each given talents and two of them go out and use their talents and double and triple them, creating more talents, bringing more people into the, into the kingdom of God. But there's the one man who goes and buries his talent. When we think of that parable, how many of us feel like the first two and how many of us feel like that third one? How many of us feel like we have used our talents to bring God's kingdom to other people? and help to establish God's kingdom on this earth. Jesus reminds us that uh, the tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down. How many of us feel like we are bearing fruit for God? How many of us can point to things in our life that say, see here I have done this good thing for Jesus? There's certainly reason for us to be afraid that we're not good enough for God's kingdom. But Jesus reassures us in our text, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 2 tells us, in my father's house there are many mansions. Sometimes that's translated, in my father's mansion there are many rooms but the meaning, however, whichever word you use to translate it, the meaning that Jesus wants to convey is that in the place where my Father dwells, that is heaven, right, there is a place where you may remain. When Jesus says, I prepare a place for you, he, use, he uses a Greek word that implies long-lasting you may remain. It's actually... It's actually the, the root is the same as, as the word to remain. It's not just to stay a night. It's not just a place to, to stay for a little while on a vacation or something. It's a place where you can remain. Jesus promises that despite our failure and our sin, there is a place where we do belong 
because he has made it for us. He is going to make sure that there is a place for us. He is going to the cross to die to make sure that there is a place for us. We don't have to worry about being good enough. We don't have to worry about belonging. Jesus died so that we might belong to him and that we might remain with him. Jesus' power plus Jesus' promise. His power to die for our sins plus his promise that he does it for us results in a place for us. What else may have been worrying or heavy on the hearts of the disciples? Their own sin and guilt may have been part of it. If it wasn't at this moment, certainly it would be very soon. Peter would deny the Lord. The others would run away. Not one of them would try to help Jesus. They would all stand back and just let it happen. If they didn't feel guilty now, they certainly would later that night and in the days coming. Sin is certainly another great source of anxiety in our lives. King David reminds us how he lay awake, how his, his bed was drenched with tears and sweat because of the guilt uh, that was on his heart. Our response to our own guilt, our own sin, is often to promise ourselves and others that we'll never do it again. But that doesn't really alleviate the guilt, and what's worse, it doesn't really solve the problem because we do often fail and do it again. Jesus reminds us in our text, he reminds us sinners in our text, let not your heart be troubled. I prepare a place for you. The word prepare there does not emphasize a long period of waiting that Jesus needs to get things ready. That's not his purpose. Its purpose is to assure us that what he does, he does for us. Prepared for you, especially for you, individually for you. When Abraham's servant was tasked uh, with going to find a wife for Isaac, and he found Rebekah, he confessed that surely this is the woman whom God had prepared for Isaac. He was expressing that this woman was the right one, specially chosen by God for Isaac. That, that word prepa prepare is a part of God's salvation language. God prepared an ark in order to, to save Noah and the animals. God prepared Abraham and his descendants so that through them he might bring forth Jesus. God told David that he would prepare a house for him, that he would prepare his seed, that he would prepare a throne for him. That word prepare tells us that God is doing something for us. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. At the right time, at the perfect time, he sent forth the perfect plan of salvation. And now Jesus extends that same preparation. Not only to bring forth his son, but to bring his son to you. 
The same word that God in the Old Testament so often used of the plan to bring Jesus, Jesus uses of his plan to bring it home to you. We heard last week in our psalm, Psalm 23, verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God's salvation isn't something that's mass-produced, one-size-fits-all. It's something that he prepares for you individually to bring to you and into your life the promise of the forgiveness of sins and all the benefits that come with it. Jesus' power plus his promise, I will prepare for you, results in his grace in our life. Why were the disciples worried? Why were their hearts troubled? Certainly one of the reasons that they may soon be troubled, one of the things that Jesus is addressing is the fact that he was about to die. And that would cause great anxiety for them as they were separated from him. And worried, wondered what would happen to them now that Jesus was no longer with them. Separation can also be a source of great worry and anxiety in our life. Separation from those who we love. When they're not around us, we worry about what might be happening to them. Seeming separation from Jesus. When we forget that he is with us. And it doesn't look like Jesus is watching over us. That might cause us worry and anxiety as well. But Jesus reassures us, let not your hearts be troubled. In the face of separation, he gives us a very special promise and a very special gift. Verse 14 of our text, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In the face of separation, whether it's separation from one another or whether it's uh, seeming separation from him, of course we're not separated from him, but it often feels like it. Jesus gives us the special power of prayer to go to him. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that, well, anyone can pray to God. Scripture makes it clear that that is not true. Scripture makes it clear that God does not listen to sinners. <laughs> Maybe you remember in John chapter 9, we were talking about, we didn't read John chapter 9 last week, but we were talking about it. The blind, the man who was born blind, uh, the Pharisees themselves correctly say, and then the man born blind in, uh, admits as well that God does not listen to sinners. And the man born blind uses that as proof that Jesus is not a sinner. Isaiah 59, verse 2. Your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, not on the unrighteous. God does not listen to the prayers of sinners. And yet, through Jesus Christ, we have been given this very special privilege. That because he died for our sins... Through him, God does hear our prayers. God does promise to listen and to answer whenever we come to him through Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, we have no hope of going to God in prayer. But through him, we are confident that God hears everything we bring to him. Again, Jesus' power for our sins plus Jesus' promise 
result in this special privilege that we can go to God? How can we be free of worry and anxiety? It's not through our power or through mental tricks that we'll ever accomplish it. But through Jesus' promise and his power. He calmed the storm. He healed the lame. He, rose, he raised the dead from the ground and he arose. In our text, Jesus takes all that power and through his promises, gives it to us to reassure us that there is a place for us, to reassure us that he did die for our sins, and to reassure us that we have this special and unique privilege that we can come before God in Jesus with every need and every trouble. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.